Okay, it's recording. Okay. Are you ready? Totally. <laughs> Go. Hi, this is Wendy Whalen. You're listening to Mambo, a new podcast series from Fall for Dance North. With your hosts, Nicole Hamilton and Ilter Ibrahimov. I am Elter Ibrahimov. I'm the artistic director of Fall for Dance North. I'm here with the extraordinary friend, colleague, choreographer, Jerry Wolf, uh, sitting in this amazing, beautiful, inspiring environment in uh, Lake Tamagami, thanks to artistic director of uh, Red Sky Performance, Sandra Laurent. We're at her house, her island, to be here with Jera, Sandra, and just talk about our upcoming commission for Fall for Dance Nord by Red Sky. And just really feel, I think, that connection to nature and water, sort of the ideas at the core of the piece that we're creating together for the festival. The water is like extremely reflective. And like you were saying, it's unbelievably silent and beautiful. But yeah, for me, it's incredible to be up here because actually after knowing Sandra for about 10 years, I've, I've never come up here. And it feels so relevant to the work we're going to create. So it makes me really excited. Yeah. I look out and it it's very beautiful but there's also something so heavy and almost scary about it but maybe that's just because it's so vast yeah and i think too being surrounded by water is really special and i feel like there's something about it that's that's almost like amplified through the water like you know when you have wind it's creating the waves but even still, it feels like the other way around. It feels like it's coming from underneath. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of special. Yeah. It feels really nice. So talk me through how you and Jera got to this island. Well, Jera and I drove north out of the city. leaving behind the traffic and the loud sounds and the concrete buildings. And five quick hours later, we were parking our car at the marina. We walked over to the docks to meet Sandra by her lovely yellow boat. Hi. Hi, Jara. How are you? My mom goes, my mom goes, virtual hug. Look at your boat, it's very chic. Well, this was a very chic boat in the sort of the 60s. And this is how good this boat is. It's like a retro. Amazing. Yeah. And then we drove on the water for maybe about 20 minutes. Until finally we arrived at the two small islands that Sandra's home which he charmingly calls Red Sky North. There we go. Lovely. Wow. 
Sandra gave us a quick tour of the cabins and the land. Thank you. Shoes off? Don't worry about shoes. The good thing about cottage, you don't have to worry about all that stuff. And then we settled down on the dot to talk about the piece that Fall for Dance North commissioned Red Sky to create for this year's festival. Well, I think it's no secret that I'm a big fan of Red Sky, and we've worked together before a few times. I am also a big fan of Third Coast Percussion from Chicago, and I love this album that they created in 2015, I guess, called Paddle to the Sea, which was inspired by a children's, Canadian children's book and a film from the 50s and 60s. So I thought that was really interesting, the album was really beautiful, and I thought it just needed theatricality, movement, dance, and I thought that Red Sky might be a good fit. I approached Sandra carefully um, about this idea. Why <laughs> um, carefully? Well, you know, because I think when it's, a, when it's an indigenous story and indigenous inspirations, you know, oh. I, I have to say, like, I know what I know. I feel what I feel, but you might feel very differently. So, And we did. Yeah, and you did. We did. Exactly. We did. So, and we talked through that and we worked yeah. things out, I think, over time. Yeah. I think it was wonderful that Third Coast Percussion is very open to being educated. Well, first of all, I was very excited by the proposal. And then Third Coast Percussion, I had heard about them in Banff, and it was funny because I kept their postcard, and I had it for like, I don't know, seven years or something, because I really liked them when I heard them in, in Banff. And then I watched Paddle to the Sea, which is sort of an NFB story from the 1960s. And, you know, true to its time in the 1960s, it was a bit... It's of its time. It positioned... Indigenous people in the film as um, a certain way that I think in 2020 we would not necessarily want to do that in the same way. So how could we counter that? How we could, how could we change the narrative of that? How could we shift it a bit from the 1960s? And so when I watched it, I just thought there were some pieces that were like, oh my God, no, we can't, we can't do that. <laughs> we just can't. Oh. So Ilter and I talked about it and uh, later Third Coast Percussion. And I have to say, I would concur with Ilter that they're very open. They want to learn. So it was just a difference of sort of, I wanted a a different kind of narrative, I think, other than something from the 1960s that showed Indigenous people as being too much shepherded, shepherded (laughs) by white people in the way that it did. And that was really problematic. It was absolutely a colonial lens that needed to be refocused. It did. And we're refocusing it. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Jared comes in a lot of ways as an associate artist with Red Sky for five years. And we've worked together for almost ten years. He's an amazing choreographer. He's an amazing performer. I'm trying to get him to perform in it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so he was a natural choice in a lot of ways for us, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm so interested in obviously the, the themes 
and and the music. And I think for me, music is extremely important. So at least on my end, being able to hear something that inspires me opens up a lot of doors for me and kind of inspires ideas in my head that playing with the themes hopefully will kind of unlock as I go move along with the, with this work. Yeah. It seems like a journey. Uh, yeah, and, it's and, a journey. And one that maybe is both beautiful but also scary at times, yeah. depending on how you navigate those waters. Yeah. Like in the 60s film, you see this sort of wooden canoe in a way super imposed on the Great Lakes and the rivers. And you see oil tankers and you see sort of big factories with a lot of pollution that they create. And the canoe is sort of like going through this journey, highlighting all these environmental issues as you see how the pollution happens and created. That's kind of what I remember from the film. It is a beautiful film, but again, I think it just needs to be told in a different way today. And I don't think we will be using the title Paddle to the Sea. And we will need a new title very soon. <laughs> uh, I think our team probably emailed Let's you dream it up this. tonight. Okay. Mm, let's come up with a title tonight. A title. This is probably a great place to dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it here on this dock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And eventually we decided to go back inside to make dinner. And then we ate on Sandra's screened-in porch, looking out over Lake Tamagami. Feels like it's been getting dark for so long, and it just keeps getting darker, right? I know. Yeah. The color changes, eh? Oh, completely. Because it was the, we saw amber and blue, and now it's kind of like. Mm. What color would you say that is? In the sky. Parliament. <laughs> that was a oh. good one. <laughs> like a. <laughs> Parliament. Parliament. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. It's the mm. city slicker in you. Mm-hmm. Are you from a city in Turkey? Mm-hmm. I'm from Istanbul. Okay. So big city, 20 million plus. Okay. It's big? It is big. It's spread. And yeah, I grew up in a city. That's it? That's the end of the sentence? That's, that's it. <laughs> grew up in a city. Noise, <laughs> pollution, and all. Do you speak fluent? I speak Turkish. Yeah. Can we hear a little bit? Just, sure. Just say something. How would you describe your surroundings in Turkish? In, in Turkish. Or what you can in see. Turkish. Okay. Şu anda muhteşem bir gölün yanında oturuyorum. Arkadaşlarımla güzel, harika bir ışığın altında. Ay, yıldız, hava, gün, güneş. Ve ne kadar mutlu olduğumu söylemek istiyorum. Nice. Very gentle. I like that <laughs> I think Turkish is gentle. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Yeah, a lot of German. Wow. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Be amazing. He's, he's far away, though. That's so loud, though. He's from way over. That's a loon? Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Sounds like a howl. They're talking. talking to each other. Mm-hmm. We're talking to each other too. Maybe the loons are describing the surroundings in their mother tongue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're saying, "Go away." It's extremely loud because I can tell that's really far away. Wow. I keep thinking of because obviously the canoe is like a huge symbol or idea within the work or like a recurring theme. I want to figure out a way to show that, but it's just so literal or it's like, um, it's so symbolic that I don't really want to show it but I want to figure out a way to show it. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm I think I know a, what you mean. You know, I, yeah, I keep thinking about, like, the actual idea of canoe. And when you think about the action, like we were playing charades, it's so very simple to figure it out. But I want to figure out a way to yeah. show abstract it where you get it. it, an abstract way to show a canoe, whether it's connected to Paddle to the Sea. I'm not sure if it is at all. But I think it's sort of like a gift from indigenous to European was the canoe. So it's kind of like that connecting factor. And not only that, but a canoe is a form of connecting to other areas and to other places and to other lands. So I feel like there's something there that metaphorically speaks to me, I guess, as a, as a way of communication and connection. I love that. Yeah. And then the loons swam away and we decided to make a fire. Jera brought out his guitar and we all sang some songs. Well, I've been afraid of changing because I feel my life around you. All time. The next morning, I woke up and went for a swim. Well, how could you not? Exactly. And then I made a pot of coffee and we gathered again on the porch, looking out over the same lake. And yet, somehow, it was completely transformed in the daylight. Well, hello there. <laughs> Good morning. Morning. Did you sleep well? Yeah, I did. <laughs> that coffee? I, I did. It, I, I brought found it, and I was like... <laughs> it Ilter made it so it's really strong. Yes. Oh, it's great. Very strong. Oh, it's so lovely. Oh, I'm very okay with the rain. This is great. Yeah, it's just sort of pretty rain. <laughs> mm. 
we're obviously very attracted to water, you know, like everyone lives along the water here and we're always looking out at it. <laughs> and I don't think it's just because it's beautiful. I think there's something else about it that's drawing us towards it. And you know, when a boat goes by, we'll like hear the waves crashing in afterwards. And then when it gets windy, the, the waves will pick up. And then I think there's something underneath too. I was kind of talking about yesterday that I feel like is in response to what's going on underneath, which is amazing. Yeah these loons that are singing and yelling to each other, I feel like the water is carrying that sound, just as it's carrying the canoe, as it's kind of carrying us from island to island. It's kind of like this connecting, this connected dot, connecting the dots sort of, as it goes from the top of the mountains into the rivers and into the lake. Almost the way that natural water is structured, it seems like it's almost translating as it moves along and kind of keeping everything connected. There was a question once that uh, somebody asked uh, First Nations people, they said, uh, so why wasn't the wheel created here? Why was it created in Europe, the wheel? And they said, uh, wheel? Our highway is the water. Why would we need a wheel? There's no need for it. That wheel has to be created somewhere else because our roads are the waterways and the rivers, so it's a completely different It's like sense following of the, the Earth's natural flow. It's not really interrupting. You're not interrupting. I, I don't see you as interrupting by taking a canoe over the water, but you're probably interrupting if you're... I guess tearing down things to build a road. Mm -hmm. But now there's impact on water because you have these big steamboats and you have people dumping oil into the waterways and, you know, like really devastating the, the health of water. Our health of water is at risk, which means we're at risk. Well, often when people are thinking about health, they only think about people, they think. Oh, yeah, you know, to be healthy, you got to... But, like, could we have a larger picture of what health is? Isn't it, like, water, clean water and clean air? Because without clean water and clean air, we are not going to be healthy. You can jog all you want, you can do, go to the gym and eat good foods, but without those fundamentals, you will not be healthy. And we forget that, because we're just focused in this myopic way only on humans and not looking at the big picture of what health means. So water is a big part of health. And right now we're in a place where water looks very healthy. We can see the rocks. We can see how clear the water is. It just is so... Even that is a measure of health. Just knowing it's healthy and seeing it's health mm -hmm. makes you even feel just a healthier person just knowing that. Changes yeah. everything. Too, when you're seeing such clean water, you want to like see your reflection in it. Or I think we're all very aware of, I guess, health as people we are. And then when you see such healthy water, you want to be like a part of that. I think that's what it is for me. And especially even swimming in it, it felt different. Yeah, I think there's that idea of reflection too. When I look out on the water and I can see the trees literally reflected on the water. 
there's something about that. I kind of want to be a reflection of this healthy lake and this healthy river. And I think, too, so many of us don't take care of our own bodies, which is a reflection of why the earth is suffering, because we don't have that awareness. And it starts with, I think, ourselves. But then being able to see this is kind of a reminder of health. You just listened to Mambo from Fall for Dance North. This episode was produced by Johnny Spence and was hosted by Fall for Dance North's artistic director, Ilter Ibrahimov, and me, Turnout Radio's Nicole Hamilton. Our theme music is by Johnny Spence. The rest of the score is by Third Coast Percussion. This episode also featured Sandra Laronde and Jera Wolf. The 2020 edition of Fall for Dance North is all available online on our website at ffdnorth.com with live and digital experiences from September 29th to October 18th, 2020. This season of Mambo has six episodes with the first three coming out on September 30th and the last three coming out on October 7th. Catch you later. Thanks for listening.